Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Catch Caught podcast. Today, we continue with our series of interviews, and we have Matt Smith from Home Tree, based in County Clare. So, Matt, welcome onto the podcast. How's your day been so far? Been pretty good. Um, I live near the coast, so I kind of drove past the sea on the way to work. Got a really strong coffee from the bakery, and um, I've just been riding that out. Ever since it's kind of eleven thirty, and um, been on a few calls, and was watering some saplings early on this morning. Watering which? Just watering some potted trees we have, oh. just in kind of random part of our headquarters um, that just needed a little drink in this dry spell. Wow, um, and so the headquarters—that's where you have your kind of calls and then in the outdoor area do you have trees there and stuff or how does it yes so our headquarters um home tree is uh, an an environmental ngo we're a charity that was set up in 2014 um and our headquarters are in county clare in in a steinman but we currently own around 500 acres in in different um, counties mostly in the west but we do have uh, i suppose a, a site in in wicklow um in Avoca, just outside of Avoca town um and you know our, our works to establish and conserve permanent woodlands um that's the kind of what we're bound by the charity regulator to do that's our main purpose we you know we have to be honoring that at all times and we're there to serve the public in in that space um and our headquarters is here so we have an office with i'm in a shared office now um actually most people are out on site today. One person's working from home, but there is six people that work in the office and five people work um, in the nursery or doing God's work, basically outside doing the planting, preparing. And our nursery is kind of critical to this because, you know, when we are looking to restore landscapes, we use, um, you know, the best genetic material available and, and that wasn't possible in the kind of market currently so you you couldn't buy an organic irish tree you know you're having to buy um you know maybe irish species but from a kind of really conventional nursery where they do a lot of kind of tilling spraying um, and often using you know irish species but not irish provenance seeds so um you know needs (laughs) must we we kind of set up our own nursery here and produce around a hundred thousand of our own saplings per year and a lot of them go on the sites sites that we're restoring but um sometimes at the end of each growing season there's excess and we make them available to um public to purchase that any funds generated go back into you know expanding the nursery or or kind of you know expanding the woodlands that we're stewarding And are they just native species or do you do? Yeah, exactly. So our, our kind of, you know, I suppose it, it's good to, you know, what is a charity? You know, it's like we, any charity in Ireland is there to serve the public. And when you kind of form that charity, there is a list of um, kind of choices. Like I'm going to, we're going to set up this charity to serve the public in this space. We're going to, serve the public to set up a charity in this space and you know they can either be education environmental sustainable um for people in minority groups um or people with disabilities and it has to or people it'll have they have to serve the public in one of those spaces so um home tree and one of the questions that asks you at the very beginning is like is there a 
a charity that exists that you could support instead of setting up something new, which is really interesting, you know, that it really encourages you to actually not try and, you know, put all the extra effort into setting up something new administratively um, or, or compete. But um, so, yeah, we set up and, and you outline your exact remit. So you're like, we are going to serve the public in this space. And we said native um, native trees. So yeah. it's, you know, if we're not doing good environmental work, conserving permanent native woodlands then we're not we're kind of breaking the law mm. which is interesting yeah and is there a favorite woodland you have around the place like a really old one or anything yeah i suppose it kind of changes all the time um there is some really sweet pockets of kind of temperate rainforest here in the west um Interestingly, one of my favorite woodlands at the moment is a site that um, Home She owns. It's 26 acres and, and half of it is a an old spruce plantation that we, we bought a few years ago and we're slowly converting it through a process called continuous cover forestry. So you take out some trees and you introduce them. So you, the continue is, is the, the canopy stays intact, which is yeah. important to create a woodland ecosystem. So we take out about a fifth of the, the trees every five years and then we replace them with native trees so there's this like the forest ecosystem remains intact whilst you're bringing in um more desirable trees that can suit the ecosystem or the other bugs birds bees bats whatever that live in islands so yeah native is really important um and you know often we just like it's a bit of a throwaway statement native you know but really if we think about it why it's important is that you know animals that have lived on this island since the last ice age you know, 10,000 whatever 10,000 years ago they've co-evolved during when it was just ice they've co-evolved over that time or came here because of the the plants and trees that were here so they were like oh I can live off that plant and tree I'm going to go there and they learned to live within that ecosystem or they evolved with the plants that lived here so if we bring in a non-native tree or any not anything non-native the other um you know, the other living things in that ecosystem they're like i don't know how to interact with that it doesn't it's not my home and a really good example is like the difference between um like two, both of them are conifers there's a scots pine and then there's a, a spruce tree um they are relatively similar they're, they're thrown into the same kind of bucket but the beetles that live in Ireland, they can hide under the bark of the Scots pine, but they cannot hide under the bark of the spruce tree. So then they don't live near the spruce tree because they cannot hide in the bark. They get eaten by the birds, so they don't go there. They look, they're looking for the, the the species that they've co-evolved with. So that's why natives are really important, because otherwise the insects don't know how to live with them. Yeah, we have very little cover. Is it 1%? that's yeah that's what's often kind of used i think that a review in that would be quite handy there's a lot of pockets of woodland that aren't on maps um that are kind of becoming you know because of you know better technology uh, we're discovering small pockets but it, it's it's marginal that you know it's, it's less than a tenth of percent of the the original woodland that um was once here you know, before humans and for it to be considered native, like what if there's a few beaches thrown in there? Is it then not native? Like, can there be 
a couple of randomers. Sure. I'm actually not sure. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that um, it's the dominant species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've seen yeah. some where there's like tons of natives and then there's an odd like beach or interestingly with beach um you know they can support a few more like quite a lot more bugs than um, a spruce tree but um a beach sapling can grow in the the understory of oak woodland um and it can it it can live or it can grow with less light so it can dominate an oak woodland but an oak sapling cannot grow in the understory of a beech woodland and that's kind of an example of the the invasiveness of the species so you can have a non a non-native which isn't invasive which won't take over a native or you can have a non-native and an invasive and, and a beech it is invasive it's quite prolific it, it will it will beat oak woodlands and take them over yeah but an oak couldn't beat a beech woodland mm. The beach is fairly powerful tree, like they're fairly massive, aren't they? Yeah, and beautiful. And you know, Amazing. it's not we're not trying to kind of um devalue or curse beautiful nature. Like, you know, it's just about them being in the right place and, and the purpose of them, you know, being being clear. And you know, often we get into this debate with with people that have an issue with spruce trees and you know they are timber farms they're not and, and if we see them as timber farms then maybe we can celebrate the product that comes out of them but what we're looking to do is permanent woodlands which is it's not a, it's not a tree farm it's, it's about you know a nature reserve or, or a wild space um, and that's you know it leads on to like there is space for timber farms in the landscape and there is space for all types of farming in the landscape and all we're saying is like can we have a bit more space for the native woodlands for the permanent you know reserves for, for nature yeah and what would be examples of trees that are non-native that aren't invasive that could survive in those um i think chestnut would be one it's not, it's not very invasive which you should see quite regularly um sycamore is quite prolific um i don't know how invasive it is but um, you know, I don't know how kind of it, it grows well, um, but I don't think it it overcomes. Um, yeah, lots of the other ones. I mean, beach beaches. You know, spruce. I don't think they're actually invasive, but they're planted so much that they they do dominate landscapes. But they are. It's mostly from plantations. Mm. Um, yeah. that's interesting. Awesome. That that you can buy the plantation because I know these farmers are on grant systems for like a couple of few decades and it's so you can actually buy it off them. That sounds quite. Yeah. And like, and you can, you know, it all depends on, you know, the reason that someone bought the land, but often, you know, after the, the premium is up, after the payment is finished, um, they don't really want, they didn't plan on becoming a forester, but they just planned on kind of accessing the, the funds, um, and you know that there is kind of a, it's a bit there's some there's some sadness there that you know more people are like are moving into becoming private foresters you know like use becoming timber farmers really um but yeah that's not really my my space um so to speak but just to kind of highlight that they exist and that there are different the tree farms and and permanent woodlands yeah 
Mm. Um, I'm also not an ecologist, um, so we have I, I have a natural science degree, but uh, that's not my department. Um, I would be the kind of the head of home tree, and so kind of coordinate the projects, the team, you know, ensure that the vision is being stuck to, communicate with the board, do a lot of fundraising, um, and I am in the past been a bit of a beast on the shovel but um this year is is less so because i'm mostly trying to keep the lights on and, and keep us you know having a big impact yeah um and trees are like you know i've seen these videos of you know the temperature cooling i even notice that like when i'm running and like there's no cover over my head and i'm like really hot and then the minute i get into a canopy of like, you know, when you find those little roads where it's all enclosed and you're just like, oh, I can breathe, you know, because you, you, we like forget that the conditioning of the landscapes we have isn't the way it's meant to be, you know, that they actually cool us down, they cool the earth down and so important. Yeah, generally, we're living in a really um, kind of artificial landscape. It's man-made, you know, and, um, but I'm sure there's a general lesson in there for for all of us, you know. Um, but yeah, they they are kind of artificial landscapes for sure, and and I don't know how many real wild spaces are are left on Earth, really. Mm. Yeah. Um. And do you do like what kind of fundraising events do you do? Um. I think our, our biggest kind of project last year, which was one of the the most exciting for me is because I came from horticulture I was growing vegetables for a number of years and seen um how and I kind of worked for a non-profit it was a non-profit farm so I seen how many people were really enjoyed engaging in the woodland creation side of things and at the farm that I worked um we actually used all of the land available for planting trees and that was like 70 acres and we planted you know 30 or 40 thousand trees there and then when that farm was kind of filled up, I was, you know, what, what's my, and, and I was running that kind of the afforestation side of it um, and just moved into that space. So um, went to kind of working for Home Tree full time um, for the last nearly two years now. And um, I am passionate about adding tree systems, like adding woodlands onto farms, you know, like, I don't think that it needs to be one or the other. I think that, you know, for a healthy landscape, you need both things to happen because I think that humans are really, um, we need to stay part of the land. You know, I I really don't see that it would be a success story if it was just removing humans from being land workers, you know, vital to Hey, we're here anyway, so it's either kind of get rid of us or work with us, you know, and um, not home to, I mean, humans, like we're already living on the land, we're extracting from it and we're having a massive impact. So, you know, can we do that in a in a more holistic way? And, and I think adding tree systems to the landscape whilst not removing humans from it is a success mm. or is a, is a really nice way forward. Yeah. And... All I find amazing as well is like the amount of birds that plant trees, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, that's really, really good point because, um, you know, nature has been planting trees successfully on its own for a really long time. <laughs> and, and it kind of goes back to my point a minute ago. It's like we are here. We are having an impact. Um, so if we're going to do that, let's let's have 
you know do a great job at it and we could really let nature um do its thing but it does need some intervention i believe for us to to <clears throat> kind of um find an equilibrium and a really good example of that is that um you know the kind of rewilding um argument which is if we don't play a small part in recovery or the restoration of nature by removing like herbivore pressure um then nature doesn't like birds aren't going to do that on their own right now because because of the kind of the deer um population not being kind of restricted or, or kind of kept under control through natural predators humans need to play a role in keeping deer away from um this the natural regeneration of, of woodlands you know because a young sapling is a tasty snack um and if the the deer aren't kept away from it then it will never reach maturity um also like a lot of the west coast of ireland is doesn't have many many trees on it and because the wind blows from the southwest it would be very difficult for trees to creep over it would take thousands of years um as well as the kind of herbivore pressure from kind of you know deers goats sheep um if we don't stop that i don't think the birds would do it on its own um so if we are going to play a role in this let's make sure that we are planting trees from seeds that have would be would be there like on you know as close to how nature does it as possible so we have one of our um staff is a all they do is collect seeds and they get really you know genetically diverse important seeds from trees in the area that we're planting um how the kind of sapling production in ireland is currently is that um independent land workers collect seeds and sell them in bulk to generally two nurseries the two big nurseries which is quilture and nonso hardy um who have done a great job in in like a really great business of producing millions and millions of saplings a year and but what's happened is because of you know um their ambition is quite big they they just buy seeds off of anybody that's a certified seed collector and can and send them in in bulk so one of an example i use is like i know that for the last few years the only seed the only hazel seeds that have been sent in is from one person that i know and he generally collects them from a very small um area so all of the hazels that have been grown in Ireland in the last couple of years have come from probably one or two very small clusters of woods all on the west coast. So all of the hazel that are planted on the east coast or in the northeast, they've all come from tree stands or you know little woodlands on the west coast. So they haven't co-evolved to know the east coast of Ireland. They've, they've, they've evolved to know the west coast of Ireland in a really kind of stunted, salty environment. But the hazel that would naturally grow on the east coast doesn't have that same set of conditions so that 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 kind of evolution hasn't they're not prepared to live there and that it would take a bit of shifting also just the, the diversity you know they're coming from one or two tree stands one or two trees all of the seeds like there's not much diversity there there's not much kind of biological security there wow. 
Amazing. Um, and for you as well, getting out in nature is quite important. Do you have other hobbies besides mm. planting trees or growing your food, like you said? Do you have other ways of connecting back? Sure. Like, um, interesting, like I spent my life in kind of maybe three different areas and this one I'm kind of year three into it being really like a forest lifestyle you know being a like learning that and, and before I grew vegetables for eight, seven or eight years and still still do at home um, and before that I was sailing for eight years so I was really yeah. really on the sea um, and you know they have taken you know these different like this physically a, a, I've inhabited different spaces but um, when I was growing vegetables, I was outside working with my hands and there was a really clear purpose, you know, growing vegetables. Now um, I do work outside a lot. Um, I use my hands and I have a really clear purpose. And when I was sailing, it's the same thing, like working outside with my hands, really clear purpose. We want to get from here to here. And I think that for me, it's like um, very purpose driven and that there is a really clear thing that I can base my decisions on each day. Oh, is this going to support that vegetable growing? You know, is this going to support this woodland happening? Is that going to support, you know, sailing? Is that going to support us getting from here to there? You know, there's, there's a lot of clarity and, and clearness in that. Um, but one of the main things that has stuck with me the whole time is surfing. I've been a very keen surfer since, since I was a small boy and, um, have kids now and one and three and they both have caught their own waves on their own on the board and they both ridden waves with me so um generally I, i'm in the sea every day for a small bit now i live about six minutes from the sea and it's it feels like i'm landlocked i'm so far away in the past i've always lived a few miles or lived on sa uh, not even a few meters or lived on sailing boats so yeah I, I do feel like fish out of water even though i can see the sea from the house yeah and they provide i find they provide a different sense of being like the trees are so grounding like they're real roots for us and then the ocean i find i kind of elevate i kind of come up a bit and mm -hmm. i don't know they just don't they provide a different sense of a way of being like you know it's in, it's interesting like when like there's something for me really calming about being both in in the woods um, in a natural woodland and being at the beach and even though the shapes in front of me and the smells they're very complicated you know they're, they're complex like you know you go for a walk on the shoreline and there's all sorts of different shapes and textures under your feet and there's also like a lot of different kind of smells and sensations on the body but yeah it's so calming and same in the woodland you're like how can my body how can my eyes take in all of these different shapes but yeah I feel so calm mm. you know and I just like it's for me it's really settling being in both places it's it's more unsettling um being out of those spaces when when there's less complexity in in my vision and, and I don't know the why I'm just like um yeah just yeah it's a really good that. point because obviously our environments the modern environment is so square and like there's nothing on it that we know the walls and the cur and the footpaths like it's all very linear yeah. and like formed yeah. by a human not by nature so it's yeah i, I do like you know what, what was um you know what made you want to reach out and you know curious to see why it's important for you to kind of 
use your life force and you know a kind of grid on your profile to to kind of talk to me what's what's there why do like the podcast and you podcast but you know specifically me but you know generally like mm. I mean this is your life you to this this at least these minutes yeah like I suppose the podcast really is about harnessing people who are very connected to nature and harnessing their knowledge and their work and putting it out there because I suppose the news that we see around or most people look at it's not s- stuff that's very good for our planet or our earth or restoring it and like what you're doing obviously is amazing and I'm trying to get more and more people to share their work and like give it a voice and have it stored somewhere as well you know for the future because yeah. you know it is great and I love getting people on who know about the land and the sea and the herbs and everything you know because and is there a particular type of kind of person that you kind of warm to or is it just your intuition at the moment it's intuition I'm like oh that person I need them on I just it's just yeah. instinct I'm like yeah need them on <laughs> you know I'm like it's just must have met some interesting people yeah amazing amazing people I'll just be on Instagram and then somebody will pop up and I'm like oh they need to come on because they've got something unique going on and like I already have the next person I'm like yeah I need them on and I just um who is it well no you'd have to stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) I can't give it away but um yeah so it's it's always a surprise you know and I I like that it's always in flow and yeah so thank you for coming on today really appreciate it um Yeah, folks, if you've enjoyed this episode, please give it a share. And thank you to the patrons who support um, every month. And if you can support my conservation work, please go on to patreon.com slash catch caught. And I'll talk to you all very soon. Sloan.